Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, what's going on, people? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. Hey, everyone. It's Carl Anker. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the talking tactics. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll read on the show. If you're on Spotify, follow us. We have a Patreon. Have Hope and I will come up with something. Or we'll just post a throwback. Do you know what? I don't know if I've posted the throwback about Quantum Leap that we did (laughs) way back in the days. But they're coming out with a reboot. Mm-hmm. And Half Hope's not too thrilled about them doing a reboot. And I remember you and him being really into the idea of like Quantum Leap is really good. It's really good. So I don't know. Maybe the the idea of a reboot will make me actually go back and watch a show that you told me to watch like five years ago. I really like watching Quantum Leap as a kid. I think it still holds up. It's still one of the the better shows about time travel. And uh, hopefully this new reboot can have an ending because obviously Sam didn't ever finish his adventure. So whoop. Do you know if Scott Beck is he going to be in the reboot or are they like? I don't know yet. I think oh, okay. I'll probably find a way to sprinkle him. I, my my thoughts with reboots are, I tweeted this the other day when they said they were going to reboot the raid, uh, which was essentially I I'm fine with reboots now if as long as they make the original version easy to find. So mm. I don't like the Cowboy Bebop reboot, but now Cowboy Bebop is available very easily for streaming on Netflix, so it's fine. I suppose I should do this announcement. It's actually because of you guys, like the people who listen, that this is actually a thing. You know, since we started the podcast, we haven't put advertisements on the podcast. For aesthetic purposes, I'm not I'm not overly thrilled about like an advert just jumping out there. But for whatever reason, in the past few months, we've... I don't know, maybe hit some benchmark or targets or what, but people have been in our email like, hey, yo, we'd like to partner with you, do this, do that. I never really took any of them seriously until recently, and it's tentative, but we're going to be in a partnership with the Touchline Media Group. Um, So if you listen to Touchline Fracas and all those podcasts, they have their own kind of deal with uh, particular ad networks. When, when we stop talking about the Premier League and we always turn to Europe, there'll probably be an ad break there. Before we go to Europe and we do questions, there'll be an ad break there. But other than that, 
the flow's not going to change too much. And this will happen in a few weeks. But I did want to say, like, thank you genuinely to people who've listened to the podcast and have been around since 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and now into 2022. Like We've, we've been, been doing this for a while now. I know. We've been doing this for a while. Because people listen and enjoy the podcast, I guess people who can make money have seen this as something they can monetize. And I don't think we ever really started this to make money. It's not going to be like a lifetime contract or anything. If we don't like how it goes, we're still independent. You know, we don't have to answer to, to too many people. But um, yeah, if it changes the constitution of the podcast too much, you guys can always give us that feedback and, and we'll make the correct adjustments. But just be advised if you hear like a little advertisement at the beginning or at the end or in the middle, it's, it's, it's just your boys just trying to keep the lights on, make a little money here and there. Again, it's not going to affect the content too much, but I do want to throw that out there. Um, yeah, so Manchester United Web 2-0. It looked like everything was everything. Ragball was doing all right. And then a goal and a goal. Like Coutinho came on and changed the game. So what did you what did you make of those last maybe dozen minutes? So we're seeing a change to, to ranking system. The 4 is gone. And now they're playing. <laughs> Hold on, is that enough twos? I always do this. It, you know, four, four triple two is way yeah. easier to say than four two 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 two. You don't know yeah. when to stop, but go ahead. The four triple two, I think I'll do that some from from now on. Uh, so that 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 seems to be relaxed, and now they're playing a four two three one or more of a four two three one. Uh, Cavani being the lead striker uh, with Bruno Fernandez behind, useful uh, the the midfield pivot of Fred and the Manumatic. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about the Man United a lot in this podcast because when this podcast started, the Man United was a Chelsea player, and you were frustrated about while he, you know, you were talking that while Matic is a good football player and his left foot is needed, he lacks the mobility to keep up with Premier League games in 2016. It's now 2022, and <laughs> the Man United shouldn't be playing. I don't think he should be starting games. He shouldn't be playing for more than half an hour at most. Um, and that's not to say I don't think he's good anymore. He just doesn't have the legs for it anymore. United weren't very good against Aston Villa in the FA Cup game on Monday, but sort of snuck by while Villa were quite wasteful in front of goal. And then you saw Villa not be as wasteful in the second half. It felt quite obvious that Coutinho was going to score. I was I was watching it in the northern quarter of Manchester. And when the goal went in, there was quite a few United fans going, of course he scored, of course he was going to score. Which is that, I don't know if that's just trying to protect yourself and pretending it doesn't hurt as much, but it did feel quite predictable. <laughs> uh, the thing about United, it was it was very much the same problem in the 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 pressing football United are trying to play isn't quite coherent or consistent. They are just lacking in presence in central midfield. Uh, the big problem we've got with central midfield at Manchester United is you've got a player that can either pass but can't tackle, or tackle but can't pass with Liabi or can tackle and pass but can't run um and, and it's that sort of very bad version of rock paper scissors this is probably as bad as things will get for Manchester United but I don't know when it's going to get better I'm not going to sure I'm not sure if it's going to get better to the point that Manchester United now finish in the top four so if I look up right now uh, I know not everyone likes 538 but 538 gives Manchester United a, a 10 11% chance of finishing in the Champions League places, which is, if you are going to do a rebuild 
and go from an interim manager in Ralph Rangnick to a permanent manager and have Rangnick as a um, consultant, you probably want to have Champions League football there, at least then, so you can attract the, the players you will need to do that proper rebuild next season. I don't think we've discussed this, Carl, but my point when Ragnick was being kind of sounded as the guy, first I was asking, why is he in Russia? <laughs> why is this football genius in Moscow? Because uh-huh. it's definitely not for like, uh, let me not insult Russia, because maybe we have listeners, shout out to Putin. Maybe not shout out to Putin, but... <laughs> what 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 why is he there was my number one question secondly if the sweet part of this deal is there's a football consultancy role after he's finished why not just hire somebody else to do the coaching the actual coaching part because what happens if he's not good at being the coach for six months yeah that was one of the big risks well big risks that was one of the concerns because it seems, uh, it seems think... like it's going down that road to where like maybe he's not actually great at doing the coaching part but you still want his football mind but i'm like okay so what happens if they finish fifth or sixth or it looks like they're going to finish on that trajectory and united need to make the champions league do you sack ragnick when you know that you have that sweet part of the deal still to come if it is indeed sweet <laughs> So it just, it never made sense. It made sense to me. Well, it made sense in that I very much believed Rangit would, this phase of Rangit would be better. I I thought it wouldn't take too much beep, boop, beep, boop, correcting stuff to get Manchester United. Ollie Ball looks better than this. Your mileage on that may vary. Uh, I'm seeing quite a lot of interesting comments. Have hope, have hope. Can can I get an amen? Do you think Ollie Ball's better than Rag Ball? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Be you, I think I think all you have to say is you know, Ollie Ball stopped being Ollie Ball for a little bit this season. If, like, if Ollie want, was you know, in charge against Aston Villa, they win the game somehow. Well, because that's depends. just what he did. It depends because they, you know, the the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of Manchester United in January 2021 is quite different from the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of Manchester United in. November 2021. Just instead of think, being up 2-0, they would have conceded a goal first and then came back and won the game 2-1. That's I, that's that's how Ollie Ball worked. Manchester United won back-to-back 3-1s at, at Villa Park. So I, I can very easily see why you think why that would be the case. And yeah, I, there was definitely a point when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was doing a very a good job, if not a very good job as Manchester United manager. But he's no longer Manchester United manager because he, for reasons myriad, stopped doing a good job. Now, the question is, can anyone do a good job with Manchester United at this point in time? And I, my answer to that genuinely is, I don't know. I'm not sure. It seems to be right now, the, the squad is deeply unbalanced and is has two or three glaring holes in, in key parts of the field. And also, it seems as if the general uh, camaraderie and morale of the, of the team is quite low. At the risk of starting beef, is this a case for... Jose Mourinho revisionism. Oh boy, here we go. Your boy on Kumu. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Basically, with, 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 with the that goes by, I think Fergie's stock rises and Mourinho's stock rises, which is a fact. What you're seeing with United is basically that Fergie, he built that team. I say that United are one of the biggest marketing brands, but they're irrelevant as a football team in 2022. Like, if we're talking football, United are ir- 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 irrelevant. Like, like no one is checking for them, but I think there's this <laughs> delusion that United uh, fans have. Basically, because it's it's delusions of grandeur that oh, well, United and everything, yeah. But when else did you win like a major trophy? 
and the last major oh. trophy he won was Momo Mourinho. So Speak when Mourinho said that these guys are babies, these guys can't take criticism and so forth, Mourinho was vilified. Now you're now seeing that, oh yeah, no, these players, yeah, these guys, um, they don't have the personalities and so on and so forth that Mourinho wants. Basically, like Mourinho, he achieved Dodd, <laughs> you know, by winning a, 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 a trophy with these jokers. So, listen, United's issue is this, and this is what I said, and I said this to Nick's. You hire Conte because mm. you have Cristiano. Conte will maximize Cristiano, who is a geriatric. He's a geriatric that can't run for 90 minutes. But Conte will create a system because Conte is a, is, is a geriatric merchant. So he will create a system to fully maximize the geriatrics known as Cavani and Chris Cristiano. He'll, he'll give you a trophy in one or, or two years. And in that time, you, you hire like a freaking ten hang that's a, a long-term dude. So, I don't know why I'm picturing uh, like the, the Animaniacs is... or like some sort of <laughs> a, a animated series of like the geriatrics. This is this is this is such a strange verbalization of something that is that I partially agree with. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I can see I can see You I shouted Conte from the beginning though, Carl. Me? Oh, I, I, yeah. I I I said I said I believe I said when uh, Mr. Mourinho was removed, I said they should go get Conte. Mr. I, and I went, Jesus. Oh, when Mr. Mourinho, when Mr. Mourinho left, I said, if you are going to get, I said, get an interim and then go get Conte. Just copy, I said, just copy what Chelsea did. But right? see, have, have hope has like the, the addition of Ronaldo and Cavani. Yeah. Makes, I, that, makes far more sense with, with Conte in charge. That because, is because it's a short term manager for a, a short term team. Yes. I can see that argument and that. It, depending on the day of the week, you can catch me. And after the, um, you know, and depending on the after the aftermath of result, I can definitely think find that a very compelling argument. You've got two year window with Cristiano Ronaldo. You've got a one year window of Cavani at least, and you have a now six month six month window to convince Paul Pogba to stay. You need to get your act together very quickly. Ooh, I didn't think of that. Like um, that. You need to get your act very quickly to keep, depending on your viewpoint, two of your best players in your squad. Now, what's going to happen next is really hard to pass i think you know best case scenario this gets better quickly and united make the top four uh, and Rangnick goes into his position in the consultancy and and united go get one of the two managers two or three managers they're constantly linked to who both have ambitions of playing uh, on a you know front foot progressive possession-based style of football uh worst case scenario they don't finish in the top four they don't get the Champions League sweetener or or, or lure to get in good players. Um, the good players currently at the squad, so people like Paul Pogba or Anti Martial um, decide this is enough, I'm out. And then you are in a bigger rebuild with I don't know which manager. And it could be the same. It could you know, be the same possible shortlist of managers in the summer. But isn't it such a weird feeling? It's January and Manchester United right now have two maybe three players who openly want to leave and have a interim manager to succeed another interim manager to succeed someone who used to be an interim manager but then was given the permanent job something i talk about a lot is that in the in december 2018 manchester united said they were gonna they you know, manchester united sacked mr Mourinho and said they were going to hire an interim manager then they're going to hire a permanent manager and then they're also going to hire a director of football it's now 2022 and what they did was they hired an interim manager in Oregon Solskjaer. They made him the permanent manager and then they hired a <clears throat> technical director. 
If you're not a Manchester United fan, I'm sure this is very funny. Uh, if you're a Manchester United fan, this, this must be ceaselessly frustrating. Blackchester United seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? If you think about that, that photograph of the Blackchester United photograph, the photo <laughs> of, of, of Jesse Lingard yep. dark, Millie, Millie rocking at the Emirates Football Stadium, there's a very good chance none of the players in that photograph will be playing at Manchester United next season. Damn. Hanford, talk to me about Coutinho. Carl said there felt like inevitability from United fans that he was going to come on and, and have a good performance. Did you get that feeling when he came on or were you still kind of skeptical about his potential ability? Um, no, no. I was skeptical about Coutinho. Look, I think the thing with Coutinho is Barcelona can take Liverpool to court for false advertising because they, they got finessed. You know, it's one of the great finesses in football history, which is what <laughs> Liverpool did to um, I, don't, I don't think it was a finesse. I don't think it was a finesse. I think it, it, it's just... It was a finesse. It no, was a finesse. It's, because it's like, very, it's he was very, good, but he wasn't 140. It No, and he, he was not... He was very obviously not 140. And this was So very, it's a finesse? They finesse it's not, like, it's not they, a finesse. I, it's very much Barcelona constantly misdiagnosing football players. You didn't need. You don't need to swindle Barcelona because Barcelona aren't worth. You know. You don't. You didn't need to swindle Barcelona because for a very particular point in time, Barcelona were not good at talent ID. They still finessed them. Okay, buddy. Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no, no. So yeah, like for me, but I think with him to continue is look. See, this is it's about the World Cup, and the World Cup is coming at the end of this year, and I think that. See, Tottenham wouldn't have even been a bad move. So I think no, this was a good move for Coutinho moving to to Villa, and I think like him scoring. Look, man, it's it, it's it's a great way to, to start your your Villa thing. What he now does for Villa under Gerard, I don't know. But then you always say to yourself that Gerard, it's his difference. Um, he had to leave Barcelona because Javi didn't really does not want him, doesn't have him in his plans. And it's always better when a player wants you. It's like Tammy and Mourinho. Mourinho, I really wanted you. Conte really wanted Lukaku. For Jared, because he played with Coutinho, I really want Coutinho. So, on a mental level, that's always a good thing for a player to have. We're like, man, I'm playing on a guy that actually really wants me, that really understands me, that really appreciates my game. So, I think that Villa have already been doing well on Jared. No, I think he can do well. Now, Coutinho is not world-class. He'll never be world-class. And he'll always known as Coutinho because he's a limited player who was overrated by Liverpool. I just think that that's Barca move. Same thing with um, Griezmann. You've, you, and same thing with Lukaku as well. You know what your limits are, you know. Like for Coutinho going to Barca, flopping at Barca, you're not that dude. Griezmann going to Barca, flopping, you're not that dude. Lukaku going to Inter, going to Chelsea, you're not that 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 dude. So it's just a thing because again, how you go from Barca to to Villa doesn't make any sense. So know your limits, man. <laughs> um, Carl, how how much time do we have left with you? I'll give me ten more minutes. So, because I I, I, I want to get into Ghana, but <laughs> come on, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do okay, it. All right, okay. <laughs> come on, do it, do it now. <laughs> Hit me. You want ugly mother? <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You got no, points. Sorry, no, you put me on the whole anything, man. Because I just got... watched Predator like a, like a week ago. So yeah, you got points. You got points. Um, uh, the chances uh, Ghana beat Comoros are good. The chances Ghana will beat Comoros. <laughs> The chances they'll beat them by the two-goal swing they need to be one of the better third-place qualifiers are not good. This is the reality of Ghanaian of the Ghanaian national team. They've got an incredibly 
I'm not going to call it pragmatism because pragmatism is making the best of what you have. And I think what you've got is a, is a outwardly conservative coach and a coach who is very much just trying to do the same thing he was doing in, in the 2010 to 2013 heyday. And now it's a decade, you know, it's a decade later. The RU brothers are a decade older. Uh, Kevin Prince Barateng isn't there. Suli Ali Montari isn't there. And, and Stephen Appier isn't there. This is, this is a, this is a this is a young Ghana team at the back and an old Ghana team up front. And no love for, for Baby Jet. You didn't mention like your best player. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Baby Jet after 2013. <laughs> Hope knows why you don't talk about certain players after what they do with penalties. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, sorry. Um, and and that's it, right? This is not a good. This is not a good Ghana s- squad. Uh, and this is this is an okay this is an okay Ghana. Let me correct myself. This is an okay Ghana squad playing very bad football, uh, and yeah, Nigeria really good right now. So that's fun having to hold that L. <laughs> <laughs> what well, what they eat don't make you sh- as it goes. Like just because Nigeria is good doesn't mean you have to feel like away. I like that. I like that phrase. Away. I like that phrase a lot. <laughs> just saying, you don't have to feel a way yeah, because Nigeria is doing well, but I understand. Jollof Wars, etc. Um, do 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 tournaments like this, because we've had this discussion about like, you know, do you feel more Ghanaian, Nigerian, Ugandan than British, Canadian, American, whatever the case may be? Like, does Ghana being trash kind of make you fall more in love with the England national team? No. No? <laughs> it's 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 equal because like because Ghana feels like a very frustrating team to support. If, but then if, you, if, but then you look at England and England have gotten to finals recently, semifinals <laughs> of the World Cup, things like this. So I wonder, like, does it affect how you feel about England in any way? If anything, me watching Ghana play badly uh, is helping me be in more in touch with my Ghanaian roots. So one, one of my big res- <laughs> one of my big funny. New Year's resolutions this year is I'm I'm trying to learn Twi. I'm trying to speak more of, okay. of my of my native language and. Uh, not just the insults. Not just the insults. Although you know, I I am I've I've used a lot of the insults watching this uh, Ghana football team recently. But I, I think this is a fun Afcon. I think now they've sort of beat the one nil allegations, as the Twitter people would say, <laughs> or beat the one nil tax, uh, as football Twitter will say. I think now we're, we're getting more games where, where things are opening up a bit and everyone's catching up to speed. It's it's getting quite exciting, and I, and I think. From the round of sixteen onwards, it's going to be a very fun tournament. You know what I've noticed is, or is it just me? Are there more people who are talking about Afcon this year than it feels like any other they year? Are. They like are on the timeline. What is there that about? I think it's about. Is the that like? That... Is it a sympathy thing? Is it like, oh, let's let's watch these Africans play football, or is it just like a genuine interest and in, in intrigue no, in the continent? Media. I think it's, I think it's general interest. I think it, you're you're seeing uh, a, a footballing generation that wants to watch as much football as possible. We're seeing one also, you know, the, the pandemic and just the lack of outside or other entertainment means that. Well, I'm not sure what you know the the big TV shows or the big films that I normally watch at this time of year are gone, but football is always going to be there. So let me watch the football. I think that's also useful. I also think one thing that that cannot be understated: the age of first generation. And second generation West African, North African children, right? If you are someone who came to one of the former colonial powers slash one of the big, you know, one of the the big nations on Twitter, uh, 
and you were born in the 90s that now you're in your 30s now you're in your late 20s now you're in your you're in your adulthood and now you're probably doing the same thing i'm doing which is going you know what after spending x amount of years in my life perhaps not being in touch with my african roots i'm going to try and make more of an effort now as i get a bit older and let me talk about this more as i get older so you're probably doing that i also think that access helps as well even Uh though the coverage in the united kingdom on Sky Sports, there's has... no halftime show. Yeah, it's they not, put they they yeah. they put the Nigeria game. It was like, bad. Uh, was it a behind a paywall, or they just didn't show it at all? So there were four chan- there were f- there were four Sky Sports channels, uh, f- football oriented Sky Sports channels, four of them, uh, and and the second half was of the Nigeria game was only accessible on one of them, and only the second half, which was like that's that's minimal effort. However, it 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 is slightly that thing of even though th- this has been a really spare amount of coverage from Sky Sports at this point in time and quite spare. I mean, the BBC only have 10 games. This also has been one of the more accessible tournaments, which feels weird to say. It feels almost counterintuitive. But I think I think that's what you're seeing. I think Shout you're seeing a... Sport links. Yeah, I think you're seeing a... <laughs> I think you're seeing a footballing audience that wants to watch as much football as possible and doesn't and, you know, is willing to watch football outside of the... of the... In, you know, the top 16 15 12 football clubs in Europe I think you're also seeing a more affluent and vocal diaspora mm. who who are capable of talking about this more and capable of, of of you know making very clear what they want when people talk about Ghana and Sierra Leone and, and Cameroon and whatnot well you know there's I've said this before there's definitely a point in my life where the average English person didn't know what Ghana was or where Ghana was. So possibly we've just went, <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're just Nigerian, right? Um, uh, that, yeah. One of my, one of my, one of my good friends, Musu, one of my good friends, Musuak Wonga says, you know, he said there was a point, it's really hard being in the United Kingdom and being from Sub-Saharan Africa, but not being from Nigeria or, or not being from Ghana, because those are the two big countries that English people know of. So when you say, actually, no, I come from this one, they go, what? And I think there's just been like a growing awareness as there are, you know, there are more first generation, second generation African celebrities in the, in the United Kingdom in terms of culture, right? Stormzy's going to talk about his home, not to make it too glib, but we had Black Panther and Black Panther really oh, helped boy. open up that sort of conversation. You know who can't help? Is. Daniel Kaluuya. You know why? <laughs> because Uganda are not at the tournament. So no, have hope. You said, uh, Social media, so are you kind of along the same lines as, as Carl? It's not just me being cynical of on this Martin Luther King Day, the white liberal. No, no, I think look, it's I think with each growing year, football Twitter, fortunately and unfortunately, will keep on growing, you know. So more and more. So any like I'm sure that the social media activity around the Euros was far bigger than it was in Euro 2016. I'm sure of it. So I just think that with football twitter and social media activity around football growing and growing and growing and growing any tournaments that comes through there's going to be a, there's going to be much more activity there's just a lot more activity because ah this is an afghan tournament again as carl said the diaspora as well so all your favorite fan personalities and thinking personalities will be like hey like um rudiger and him putting on instagram watching sierra leone and so forth you know, guys are oh, okay, Rudika, Sierra Leone, and they're gonna watch the Leone. So all these guys who you know, and you're like, oh, so he's from Guinea, oh, he's from uh, Mali, oh, he's he's from Cape Verde, and so forth. So that thing of these famous guys 
um, about um, tweeting about the kind of country that they're originally from and so forth, that now has like a knock-on effect. So, and we're going to see that come the World Cup at the end of, and, and, and the year, where Twitter will explode when Messi and Christina are there. So, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to run, gentlemen. But right, uh, right. it's really a pleasure talking to you again. I will be. I will return on, on deadline day. Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, boy. <laughs> peace, peace, peace. It's been a pleasure, gents. But do I have to like? Okay. Um. Yeah, man. Talk. Talk to me about Nigeria, man. How are you feeling about about the tournament so far? We can just insert Afcon here, and then we can go back to the other things. It's been very, very good so far. But you know, you always have to be very cautious. Don't fall for the trap, otherwise you're yeah, no, no, like Algerians. I speak to one of my Nigerian friends. Is like, oh my gosh, the team's amazing. They're doing really good. I've got. I'm like, bro. Just relax, man. Relax. Just you know, just you know, game by game, game relax. by game. You know, but you know, it's so funny. Um, what's his name? Is it Sangare, the um, Ivorian keeper? Oh, his story's crazy. In the past few days, man, like he had the the howler, mm. then he got injured, and then mm. his father died the next morning. Oh wow, wow, wow! Yeah, so I think he's on leave because his father i don't know what it is with ivory coast man do you remember was it seri d was that or, or was that a rumor do you remember the world cup oh yeah when he was crying during the oh that guy oh yeah yeah him and him yeah him. He, he used to play for basil i think in, in Switzerland. I don't, I don't even remember. yeah remember that guy i think it was barry the other keeper where Tupac. yeah him, Tupac. <laughs> he, basically, he, grass. He, he had grass in his mouth <laughs> But I'm yeah, the the, 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 the Ivory Coast keeper, his father passed today or yesterday. Oh wow! wow. So yeah, he had a crazy game. Oh no, no, you see, see now I don't, I don't, I don't want to say what I wanted to say, you know, because basically, like, oh, Af- Afcon keeper tax. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, but basically, my brother sends me an image of it, oh. and when I saw it again, I was like, oh yeah, he was paid. Oh. So because his brother sends me an image, because there's a thing where he you freeze it. And he's literally looking and watching as the ball is pretty much about to to go in. Yeah, and I'm like, if you, and look, we don't know anybody, but it's like it's it didn't it's look so good. weird because it's like <laughs> when you see him roll over, it's it's as if he actually literally pushes the ball underneath his his body. No, 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 bro. We 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 didn't talk about this, did we? What the referee that blew the whistle at 85 minutes? Oh, Johnny, is it is it Johnny Sakazwe? And then blue like thirty seconds before full time. <laughs> and Kafa saying that it was heat stroke. That's the uh, heat stroke. <laughs> but see, this is what I always say about, about people: that say what you will about Afcon. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. As far man. as entertainment goes, because look, it's Africa. As far as entertainment goes, you you you, you can't beat it. Can't this beat is it. why it's my it's my favorite. I've always said this: it's my favorite tournament. Obviously, the World Cup has its place, but like this is it's the. Where else are you going to get this uh, in, in what's meant to be the top? So I had written down, because Carl, Carl, one of Carl's stories that we didn't have time for was the North London Derby, about how that wasn't played. And I was going to transition us into AFCON because we were going to talk about Aubameyang. Have you seen what's going on with this? So Does he have, a, does he have a, a heart issue or something? I don't know what's happening. I've seen he has a heart issue that he can't play. Because he was with COVID, him and Lamina, they wanted to get girls into the hotel and they wouldn't allow them to have company in the hotel. What? Yeah, so the coach was just like, you know what? Oh, and they were drinking. Uh, th- uh, 
this is all Twitter report. It's from the timeline. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But there's just so many things. And, and the coach who who were they playing with? They, they were playing Ghana. The coach of Gabon seems to be like, you know, a bald, chubby white dude. He seems to be on smoke. So maybe he was just like, you know what? We're through without you two. So if you just want to play around, drink, try to get girls in, plus you have these COVID restrictions or whatever the case may be, just go back home. So Arsenal's, I think, I've have recalled Obama Yang. He's probably going to go get tests. I'm not sure where Lamina's playing his football at the moment, but he's gone. So yeah, bro, we haven't had, we haven't yet had, you know, the money scandal. Because <laughs> some some team well, by the semifinals. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's. Do you remember? Wait, wait, it, wait. I think it's already sort of. Ha- no, I think. There was a money thing with Gabon as well because I think the story was wow Gabon were protesting that because they hadn't received their payments, hence why oh. they didn't report for camp. That's that's stock. Do you remember in 2014 Ghana? It was John John Boye. Oh yeah, he, and I he remember was kissing, he, the he, he kissed the money. Kissed the money. <laughs> yeah, look, man, I mean, it, ah, just African football, man. It just it just has like these things, man. But yeah. No, no, but, but I think, but look, I think it's the thing about Afghan. It's been interesting because it's like um, people's commentary on it. Mm. Because I think a lot of people are like, "Oh man, this Africa thing is trash. It's it's horrible. It's you know the football is low. This thing is disorganized and so forth." And this will always say to people is like, again, we, we talk about you know women's football and everything. With respect to women's football, that's just not my thing. And for me, um, Division One, Division Two, Division Three. Uh, Cool, but it's not my thing. All football matters. It all matters. And my thing is, you look at Equatorial Guinea and Algeria, what they did to Algeria, defending champions. I look at Sierra Leone. You look at that keeper. I think two back-to-back man-of-the-match performances. Mm. He was in tears for the first game, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. When, see, my thing is that, I always say that club and internationals are different. Because for club, you can't sell me on a player's loyalty to club. This will, I always say this. Pele said this. Club for football is no loyalty. You're, you're, you're kissing the badge of a team one year, you're kissing the badge of another team the other year, which is what Pele said. Lukaku. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know. So he's not, so are, you into, are you Chelsea? Are you into, Are you Chelsea? So my thing is, um, with internationals, this is it. It's your, it's Because your country is... One shot. It's, it's like for me as well. Because people will say, because I've lived in England more times I've lived in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But my how I am and the values I have and so forth are Nigerian. So I feel more culturally connected to Nigeria than I do England, you know. <laughs> and this is always saying that like, bro, I was ready, I was, I was I was ready to be fully English, speaking an English accent and everything. Well, they were racist to me. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, said, I, like, was I was no, ready to enjoy you, but you didn't want me. So. You know, that's why because people say, Oh, why are you so anti-English? As a guy growing up in Nigeria and with all the issues that Nigeria had, I wanted to leave Nigeria. I wanted to go to England. I want to go to England. I was the happiest guy in the world because, I, man, the whole mess thing on Nigeria, I'm happy. I mean, a much more civilized place actually makes sense because Nigeria is, is a mess. When you come there and people insult your accents, are racist towards you, treat you like trash, you can go either one of two ways. Some of my Nigerian friends were like, ah, stoop to conquer. It is what it is. But I was like, no, I'm not going to assimilate. So... So England made it aware that, you know, screw you. We're going to spit at your face, but you're still going to bow down to to the Queen. Some did, but I didn't. So Mm -hmm. England pushed me away. 
Hence why Nigeria is a thing on Christmas. Because it goes back to even what Carl is saying. Because you just say that way, Carl, like, how, how many times has Carl been to Ghana and so so forth? I'm sure he spends more time in England than Ghana. But the way, the way that England operates and so forth, it does a lot to alienate people. That's okay, Marx. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> Marx is the, the, the communist dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he wrote a lot about alienation. I yeah, think. no, but, but yeah, yeah so, so my thing is that, which is why, you like, triggered me, you triggered me. Yeah, like, the, when you look at the Af, which is why I love Afcon so much is that Afcon is like a great geography lesson. People look at Africa as like a monolith. Hey, Africa, Africa, Africa. <laughs> Bro, Nigeria and Kenya have completely different cultures. Ghana and South Africa have completely different cultures. Mali and Ethiopia have completely different cultures. You know, so when you now look at guys like, oh, oh, Comoros, oh, Cape Verde, oh, these are countries. And then with the power of insights, okay, Cape Verde, oh, they have their own history. This is their culture and so forth. So, yeah. because you're not going to learn about this in no no school in England thingy is going to do a lesson on the different African countries. No. They'll just say, mm-hmm. oh, Africa, all poor, bunch of blacks, <laughs> we colonize them, move on. So that's it, you know. So, okay. I'm seeing all these countries because, like, oh, look at all these different countries. And you'll now sort of now Google them and everything. So, you know, I was going to tweet this earlier, but I just, it's in my draft, but I deleted it because I was like, I think this could be taken the wrong way. There are a lot of Guineas, aren't there? So there's Guinea, Guinea Bissau, France, and then Equatorial Guinea. So there's France. three Guineas. I know. I know. France tax. France but then, tax. There's, then there's Niger and Nigeria. And then there's Re- the Republic of Congo, and then there's the Democratic Republic of the Congo. <laughs> it's just like, who came up with these names? Oh no, but, but, but see, it's, it's so funny that you bring that up, man. Because when I just look at this, like, man, these guys just ran this content ragged, man. <laughs> because you just think that there was a time be- before it was untouched, where they obviously had their cultures, their names, and so forth. But what you now have is. Congo, they have Congo, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau. Equatorial Guinea. Guinea. I'm like... Well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ek, did he, who was the dude on the Hangout yesterday? Ek, ek, equilateral Guinea, what did he say? Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> basically, it's Equatorial Guinea, and he said Equilateral Guinea, and then I thought it was sense. Because, you know, there's now yellow and red card for the Hangouts. And then you know, that's it's, perfect. It's that's, 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 that's perfect. I don't know why you haven't been doing that since 2018 or 17 or however. No, 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 oh, no, no. Did you know what it was? Because, you know, um, I used to do some stuff for FIFA. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I remember. Like, they sent yeah, you yeah, yeah. the whole thing. So Yeah. We live, and, and, and they basically gave me, um like, official yellow and red card. And I was just going through myself. So, oh, yeah. I still have this. Oh, yeah. What did I say? Perfect. Oh, okay, it's perfect. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, just, just as an aside. Yeah. The Hangouts have become, like, receipt central. Yeah, I, I know. No, bro, I'm trying to stop. Basically, I told you guys, like, <laughs> you have to stop it. Because... <laughs> It's like there was a point when like I think there were like five receipts made or something. So it's like all receipts. I'm just like, damn, like do, do y'all have points or is it just an exposed session like every time? But either, <laughs> but way, either way, it's a narrative, man. It's just, it's, but it's, yeah, no, narrative. Either way, like bro, just Equatorial Guinea, Guinea Bissau, Guinea. If if you didn't know, you would think Guinea is just all Guinea, but there's three of them that you now have yeah. to learn about, and you wouldn't get that. Probably anywhere else except watching an Afcon, you know, if you're from the outside looking in. No, yeah, no, no, I think no. Basically, like, which is why, like, look, look, look at calf. What is the calf's main language? Is French. French, yeah. You know, so France, that continent is really just France. Like, say Nigeria was obviously where, like, where England, but like I'd say, eighty-five percent 
of Africa, not counting North Africa, French, then 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 the rest is between Portugal and England, you know. So yeah, it's, it's just France just went and just ran that place, rugged man. Obviously, you have Belgium with Congo and and, and so forth. But yeah. I think Afcon is just a because again, what other competition that can be seen on a global scale can this African country sort of like show themselves? No other ones, you know. Which is why it's such a good thing to sort of promote and put out there because. My thing is that I look beyond just the football. Mm-hmm. As, as, as I said again, like club football, it's 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 money. Like no, like this is your job. So oh, you know, we will never walk alone. You know, Ch- no Chelsea, Liverpool, no. It's 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 your line of work. You get paid hundreds of thousands. Okay, it's your line of work. These things of your countries, you no, know, that is history, and this is your culture. For a lot of these countries and so forth, like like look at that guy from Sierra Leone. He plays for a local team. So though that match was huge. You know, one of the match performance against Algeria, that is freaking huge, you know. And I think there's a video, look at how they reacted to when he saved the penalty in their following game. I think mm-hmm. against Ivory Coast. It's just good to be able to, for these African countries to reveal themselves and everything. But again, look, you're always going to get the cynics and so forth of like, oh, Africa, Africa. <laughs> Pessimistic people. Yeah. Um, speaking of France, Algeria had to fight to get their freedom. Everybody was like, you know, they won the Arab Cup for whatever that's worth. They were unbeaten in 34, 35 games. They were coming for a record. I think that was set by Spain or Italy, one of them. And, uh, you know, they lost. Equatorial Guinea. Equatorial Guinea. Who, by the way, have a local coach. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, His name is Juan Misha. Juan Misha Obiang Bikogo. This, this, This is his coaching resume. Equatorial Guinea women assistant coach. Equatorial Guinea under 21 women. Equatorial Guinea assistant coach. Then he went to the, the, the men under 17 Equatorial Guinea. Under 20, under 17. He became the interim manager for Equatorial Guinea in 2020. And from 2021, he's been their official manager. So he was an assistant coach for Fuenlabrada, which is a club in the lower divisions or second division of Spain. But his coaching has been the women, under women, assistant, under 17, under 20, interim for the national team, and then the national team. So he's like a truly homegrown, local, from the system, from the from the dirt coach, which makes me kind of happy. They built him up to get to that position inside of their system and then to like beat Algeria. Yeah, which is why I say that. You know how they said like, oh, in a World Cup every two years so that we can produce more money and give more money to the fair federations. And who's the only federation that's greenlit it? CAF. Now, do you really want that money to be given to CAF? And I'm sure that if that money is given to CAF and all of their federations, that money will be trickled down onto the youth teams, local teams, and infrastructure. I guess you have to roll the dice and just kind of hope. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't, you but... don't. Roll the dice. No, no, you don't roll the, the dice. What you, what you do is you, you monitor and that means everything has to be every one, every cobble every has to set, be accounted yeah. for. Yeah, there were Algerians who were saying we're not gonna drop a point, we're gonna get nine points in the group, we're gonna win all the round of 16, quarter, semi, like finals minimum kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and also they have they have every course in their final game, man. And like they have they have to like if they draw, it's still tricky. If they lose it's, a, it's it's over. It's over if they draw. 
No, no, no. If they draw, they can still go through. But they have negative goal difference, and they'd have two points. You wouldn't think that's going to be enough to be one of the top four third place teams. See, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Now that's tricky. Then you know, that's that's, that's they have to win, and it's the hardest game in their group. And Ivory Ivory Coast don't have to win, so maybe you have that little advantage. But Ivory Coast can basically eliminate one of the favorites for the teams in the group stage. So do that yeah, now. Because I'm just looking at it now because Cape Verde are on four points and are in third. Malawi are on three points. They're in mm-hmm. third. Obviously, Ghana are on one point. We're expecting to beat Comoros to get four points. Yep. Um, group F, Tunisia are on three points. Yeah, they have to win. They have to win because two points is not going to be enough. So Wow. And, and again, for Ivory Coast, you have the opportunity to eliminate a favorite. So yeah. do that now. Yeah. Don't 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 let Algeria get into the knockout. And you know, it's it's just funny don't how people work. Because I remember before the tournament, guys were like, and I, I remember it was Red Devil Studio, look like fake Nigerian, who was like, man, <laughs> like, country. let's do come second because we'll then have to face Algeria and so forth. Like we have to try and avoid Algeria and everything. And then look where we are now. Um, let's talk about Chelsea versus City. I've been going back and forth today about you know Lukaku and these back types of things. Because I I didn't watch the game in real time. I watched it back yesterday, um, like late or early. Great, great call. Great call. Don't watch it in real time, bro. Great call, bro. Uh, it was the early kick. So I was like, I'm not waking up at seven. I, I know it's Chelsea versus City, but I know what's going to happen. I, I didn't have any expectation that Chelsea would win. But the point is, I watched the game. And I don't know how you watch that game and come away with the conclusion that Lukaku was the worst attacker on the pitch. Ziyech and Pulisic were far worse than Lukaku. But because Lukaku has put this thing out there about, you know, Inter and things like that, he's just a, he's a, he's a lightning rod. You know, if you put Lukaku's name in your tweet or your YouTube video or your podcast or whatever the case, like that's going to get more hits than talking about Hakim Ziyech. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like I understand people's obsession with strikers because strikers get more credit than they deserve and they get more blame. But n- in no way did I watch that and think, "Yo, Lukaku's the worst attacking player out here." I was looking at Ziyech like, "What is going on with you?" No, 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 no. Daniel, can we be? Are, are we going to be honest, or should we just sort of play politics? Be be real, Daniel. Let's be real. Lukaku has messed himself up. Remember what I said earlier in this podcast? I said, know your limits with regards to Coutinho. Mm-hmm. If I was advising Lukaku and I told him that whatever Inter are offering, take it and stay at Inter Milan. <laughs> because at Man United, that's when the, the name Tims was, was born, was when at United. So you were the you were the butt of every joke and so forth, and you were complete and you and you were mocked and lambasted. You fortuitously found Inter Milan. Everything went to grace. The first season you have an amazing season. Ooh. You now think, oh man, I'm the elite. I'm that dude, bro, bro. You know, like Barca, Real Madrid, and, and I want to go to. I'm like, no, bro, know your limits. So what has now happened is you've moved away from Inter, thinking that they will now fall without you. They are now on their way to another Serie title, most expectedly. Who knows what happened against Liverpool? They've already won a trophy, and the team is now flourishing without you. Are you now at Chelsea where because you're not an elite striker, but you are a system striker where you need you need the team to be built around you, you're now getting exposed. And that's so you can't give an interview like 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 that and not be able to control the, the ball. 
and the ball is bouncing off of you. He he can control the ball. This is over. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about the Man City game. Bro, how many times did the ball bounce off of him? <laughs> so, like, how, Lukaku, how, no, no, no. Lukaku wasn't the worst. He was one of the worst. Like, everybody was, was bad, were all, but Lukaku see, was also very bad. Abdullahi and I have been going a little bit back and forth on Twitter. And he was telling me, because Tuchel came out and said, Lukaku, he has to, he has to service himself. It can't just be 10 men serving one. To an extent, I understand what he's trying to say. And maybe it's lost in translation, English not being the first language, all that kind of thing. But if you buy a striker for 97 and a half or 97.5 million pounds, how is it not your job to feed this guy? How is it not your job to come up with a system that be- gets the best from the most expensive player ever for for Chelsea? Oh, actually, if you add up all the transfer fees, he might be the most expensive. Uh, maybe Neymar. But... I don't understand this logic of like he has to do he has to be more involved. It can't just be us feeding him. What? Like it's your job to to, to create a system that feeds him. If if Roberto Martinez can come up with a system, if Antonio Conte can come up with a system, if Tuchel is this managerial genius that everybody thinks he is, then he has to be a part of this. No, no, no. And no, and, no. and and just let me land. Let me land. I think Tuchel doesn't know how to get the best from Lukaku. So what he's doing is he's deflecting. He's saying Lukaku needs to do better himself, or it's up to him. He's making mistakes. It's it's not the it's not me or the team. It's Lukaku needs to do better. The runs and positions that Lukaku gets into are not bad. In fact, they're mostly good. There was two instances, even in the first instance where uh, Aspelacueta plays a pass to Lukaku's feet. He plays it to his feet, but he doesn't play it into space. Lukaku then has to take a touch, and he turns Laporte. And that's what leads to the situation where Ziyech is offside. If Aspilicueta plays the ball into space, that doesn't even happen. Lukaku just uses his strength in the channel, brushes off Laporte, and he's in on goal. Maybe it's on his right foot, so maybe he stops and he does something silly. But either way, the ball doesn't go to the right place. In the second half, there was an instance where I think Kovacic played the Kante. Lukaku is on the edge. He's onside. He's in between, I think, Stones and Laporte or whoever the center-back partnership was. I've forgotten. Conte could play the ball, but he doesn't even look. He just starts dribbling. This team doesn't know how to use Lukaku because he's in the position to be dangerous. But the ball just never arrives where it should or in the time that it should. Can Lukaku be better with the touches that he gets? Of course he can. Of course he should be. Like, be better as a footballer. You're paid. But the team doesn't function or their first thought isn't, how, how do we score a goal with the striker that we have? I think it's it's both ways. You are right. Pulisic is brainless. Ziyech is finished. Mount is mid. Havertz in that's great. Hudson Doy is slow enough. So the support system around him is trash. And he's making runs and they can't supply him. Hence why I said, bro, whether it's Dybala or Hazard, Chelsea need far better playmakers because the guys behind him are trash. They, he makes runs and they never find him. So that's true. The support isn't there. Mm-hmm. And it's also true that if you buy a guy, especially for that month amount of money, you have to know who you're getting and play to his strengths and not his weaknesses. But also at the same time, if the ball does come to you, see if Lukaku in that game controlled the, the ball, his his ball control was good. He's able to hold the ball up, give the ball to guys, try and find spaces and so forth. Then it's like all we'll be saying is, bro, look. Only Kovacic was, was the only guy that's gave him a, a, a through ball. Yep. But the thing with Lukaku, which is why it goes back to know your limits. Lukaku, you're not, you're not Lewandowski, you're not, you're not Benzema. 
pull Lewandowski and Benzema in any team, they'll be effective because they're elite strikers. Yes. And and the issue for Lukaku is he thought he was an elite striker, and I think that his ego got too big because you should have accepted whatever Inter gave you. So Inter were like, we're in a difficult position right now. This is the best contract we can give you. And after Lukaku had that season, he felt, I'm now an elite striker. I deserve more. I'm off to Chelsea to show why I'm an, I'm an elite striker. Mm-hmm. Chelsea now showed that you're not such an elite. Because the elite guys, they figure it out. They're like, okay, this is not ideal. Just give me a sniff. Give me something. I will figure it out and I will create something out of nothing. Because remember, I said even when Lukaku was bought, I said, no, Lukaku is here to start it's, it's stats part. He's not a big game player. Lukaku is not a big game player. Like, I don't think he ever scored against Juventus. Against Kalinin Brunic, he never scored against those guys. So he's not a big game guy, but he's here to start part against the smaller teams. So I just think that for Lukaku, it's a teachable moment because he knows. He knows he messed up. He knows he messed up leaving Inter Milan. And he knows he messed up leaving Inter Milan doing that interview because what that now does is that it makes yourself a, a target. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the reality. Given that interview, you're now a target. So every time you play badly, it's going to get magnified because you gave that interview. So you now, unfortunately, you now have to play well. You now have to play at a very high level because when you play at a high level, it makes it easier for people to target because they're like, oh, you said that, you know, you're looking at Real Madrid, Barcelona. Those are the big things you're looking for. Oh, oh, oh. So he says, you know, you're one of these big guys and so forth. Oh, oh, well, where is this now? So, 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 so you see how he's messed himself up? Where is this now? So. See, why, why I mentioned Abdullahi at the beginning, I never got here because I just got into my rant. But, <laughs> but you kind of got me back on track. If you're a system player, which I think we, we would admit most players are, there are very few players who you can just plug into anything and it works seamlessly or near seamlessly every time. Lukaku, and I wrote down, you know, you said it was it was fortuitous when he went from Manchester United to Inter. Like he somehow found it. It wasn't fortuitous, at least how I see it. Conte earmarked him from the very beginning that this is my guy. Wherever I go, I'm going to try to get him. At Chelsea, he tried. The the club didn't work or the agent didn't do what he was supposed to do. He went to United. Chelsea got Morata. But Conte always wanted Lukaku. So when he went to Inter and the situation had deteriorated at Manchester United, he still was like, no, this guy, I see something in him that I know he can work in my system. So it wasn't fortuitous that he went to Inter. The manager had an exact plan and he knew the blueprint that he needed Lukaku for. At Chelsea, Tuchel doesn't have the same blueprint with Lukaku that that Conte had. There, I don't think Tuchel ever thought I need Lukaku because Lukaku is my guy. He's just like, look, I need a better striker than Timo Werner. So if you can help me out, spend the money that you have, get me Haaland, get me Kane, get me Lukaku, whoever it is, but just somebody who we know is reputable in Europe. That's the extent to which I think they planned for Lukaku. He's better than what we have. We have the money. Let's spend it. Lukaku needs, and to, to your point, he needs a system. The system has to work. Then I asked, I asked, um, <laughs> I asked Abdullahi, like, which attackers are playing well in this system? If you can name one, I'd be surprised, I think is what I said. And he said, none of them are playing well. If you look at Hudson Adoy, Havertz, Werner, Lukaku, Mount, uh, Ziesch, Pulisic, none of them are playing well. 
you might be able to make the case that Verter is the most effective because he just he runs fast, he gets in behind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But none of them you would say this player is playing at the peak of their ability. So how is it now that Lukaku has to somehow rise above and become a player that he's not? There are only, as you mentioned, like how many strikers would you say in Europe, elite strikers that can just get their own goal? Lewandowski, you can make the argument. Benza, you can make the argument. Suarez, maybe not now, but like he's still playing. So maybe you can argue he can get his own goal. Kane, would you say Kane can get his own goal? And that's 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 a legit question. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Dowski. There's like three or four. Haaland, pe- people who like, why, why didn't we spend on Haaland? Haaland would be the exact same situation. There's not space in England like there is in Germany. You'd be asking Haaland to hold the ball and he's a better finisher. So the chances that he gets, maybe he scores. But the team is not set up for a, a striker that is dependent. You need more like a, maybe a Martial type player who can get the ball, dribble, create for himself. You know, uh, Gabriel Jesus, maybe who could just get the ball in a space, make a dribble and do something. But that's somebody who needs to be fed by others. The team isn't set up like that. For me, that problem lands on Tuchel's shoulders, which is why I think he's deflecting on all these problems that Lukaku needs to do better for himself. Because now with the attention isn't on me, it's on him. People will gladly put the blame on Lukaku because uh, the situation at Chelsea is not good. I'd rather be at Inter. Like, it's set up. So, yeah, he's he screwed himself. But I can't put the blame on him like other people are doing. I'm looking at Tuchel. I'm thinking, again... When have you ever had to create an attack? Not in the Bundesliga and not at PSG. I, I, I see people shooting him bare with, oh, he doesn't have Chilwell. He doesn't have James. You know, let's let's see what happens when the when the wing backs get back. Okay. <laughs> if you have anything else on Chelsea, I'll be willing to hear it. But no, no, no. Look, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, let's. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, look, it's. Do you have any other topics? We can't really talk about the AFTV stuff, really. So no. Yeah. no, 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 no. We can't. We can't talk about. Can that. I? I mean, I would like to rant that this guy has stolen like one of my nicknames for no oh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that pisses me off so bad. You know how many people call me DT just randomly? Oh, no, DT no. like the AFTV. No, but, 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 but you know, it's the same thing with Adam. Like, you know, Adam Mendy, he could sue some of the guys that mistake him for oh, yeah. Ben Mendy. There was something that just flashed in my head. That would have been interesting. Ah, did you see there? There's a picture that's going on around Twitter. Apparently, it's like taken out of context, okay. but it's Eden Hazard after the Super Copa victory, and he just looks kind of sad. Mm. This this is more Chelsea stuff, but it's kind of more Madrid than anything else. Um, and there was a a report that came out from RMC, which is like a news company in France, or maybe Belgium. I think France. That uh, you know. Madrid are willing to sell. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you go by the picture and you go by the news, Ford has already told me, like, no, like Chelsea shouldn't do this. But he looks sad, man. I think Hazard, I think he needs to come back to Chelsea, man. Come he, home, man. Yeah, come just come home. home. It looks sad. He just looks depressed. Like he won a trophy, everybody's smiling, and his face is just like. Now apparently he was trying to do something sneaky and like smack somebody and look like he didn't do anything. Oh, because you, you know how you know how you prank somebody, you like hit somebody and then you're oh, okay. in the back yeah, and you yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. look like you're just not making a face. I think he was yeah. maybe doing that, but the snapshot made it look like 
He's just, I don't know, <laughs> thinking about home while everybody else is is happy. So and I said, come home, man. Come home, bro. I know, come man. home, come back home. We need you, man. <laughs> he we said, need. We need you. Yeah, we <laughs> just we 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 know. Last question. Because I didn't ask for questions because I didn't know when we were gonna record. In the event John Terry becomes Chelsea manager, do you continue your campaign on YouTube and other places with we us? I need trouble, blah blah blah. Like, or does it stop again? We'll cross that bridge when 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 we get like. There. Does Chelsea does the complicated Chelsea show return when Terry's hired, or we'll no? My answer we'll cross that bridge when when we get there. <laughs> You guys see how it's not an automatic. <laughs> okay. Um. Do you have any words on like this ad thing that we're up to? Like, because I was I was telling the people earlier, like, thank you because it's because mm. people listen that people want to do sponsors and things. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's you know, look, you know, moving up. You know, we have to always. It's the natural progression of things, but you know, we do, we've been doing this since 2016. So yeah, us even getting ads and so forth shows that the 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 fans and the people are you know listening, supporting, and you know, it's it's uh, positivity. Um, shout out to Carl for joining us for a few minutes there, talking about with you know Manchester United and you know his work things. Um, what what what, what do we say when we finish this thing? What's it called? Yeah, what would you actually? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> number two. Share this, share, share, share the, the 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 pod and everything on all your socials and so forth. Spread the word, get people listening and so forth. And tell a friend, tell a girlfriend, tell a dog, tell a mouse, or, or a rat, or a snake. So shout out, Master Splinter. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, half hope, where can people get you? You can get me halfhopefootballhot.com, man. Official. Yep. Um, link is always in the description. I'm at Danny to look and yeah, talking tactics podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football, indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace, peace, sports social podcast network.